This week, Three Sides of the Coin, we head down to Mexico City, and we hang out with Kiko from the Kiss Lounge this week. Some incredible stories this guy has to share with us. Oh, and a really amazing Kiss t-shirt that Gene Simmons gave him. Wait till you see this. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things Kiss. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. I'm one of your three co-hosts, Michael Branvold, as always, joined by Tommy Summers and Mark Cicchini. How mm-hmm. are you knuckleheads doing this week? Good. Sore. <laughs> We already covered that. Uh, cover, yeah. we, cover, we cover Mark's soreness at the end. Because remember, we kind of record backwards for people. Yeah. His, his hockey team pulled a train. Um, on, so. oh, yeah. <laughs> let me, I, let me, here's, here's how bad it was. The goalie on the other team had to help me up. That's how oh. fucking bad it was. <laughs> me up. I went down like a fucking ton of bricks, man. Oh, my God. And it's funny because. Did you break the ice? Not, I'm fucking just, I'm literally leaning on my stick trying to just get my upper torso up. And the goalie looks down and he's like, do you want, you want me to help you? And I'm like, could you please? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck, man. Oh, just, I, I, the funniest part, I've been playing hockey since I was four years old. So, I mean, I'm a very good, put it this way. People are like, wow, you can skate that. Yeah, because I've been skating my whole life. And uh, you wouldn't know I'm as big as I am is how quick I so I'm, I'm a very good skater very strong skater I bet you I haven't fallen I mean I was pushed down I was hit by two guys last night when I when I fell but I haven't fucking fallen skating in years so man I tried to fucking get it my and I I twisted my knee as I went down and that I mean I went down like a fucking ton of it's funny because the one guy had my arm, he was holding me and he was trying to, you know, get me away from the net. And the other guy just bumped into me. It's like being cracked by the Hanson brothers. Oh my God. Let me tell you, because it's technically a no check league, you know, but your guys, you just fucking hit each other, you know, and motherfucker, man, that hurt. (laughs) 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 And this is in the first period. So I, and so I'm on every other shift because I'm a defenseman. So I still had to play the whole rest of the game. And when I got home, well, this is like, God, you look like five miles of bad road, you know? <laughs> like, and I didn't get home till after midnight. And, and you know, because I had late, my game started at 10, 15 by the time I got home from the rink. And then I normally just take a shower. But I, I went and sat in the hot tub for over an hour just because I couldn't fucking move. And, uh, boy, it's it's affected me today. As you guys are going to see, I, I you know, when our guest was on, I'm just trying here going, okay. Okay, we'll just get He's through the dear life. Don't yes. don't don't move, so I don't feel the pain. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, it's one of those days you guys have. Even your hair hurts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. The, I was gonna say, even the hair in your ears hurt. Right. <laughs> Tommy, do do we have any comments that you want to share? Because last week's show uh, about the elder stage, phenomenal yeah, response. It's... It's fantastic, and we're getting a lot of them. But the first one I want to read is from A. Steinman. Um, he said, first of all, awesome episode, guys. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Sounds like his dad, who's in his mid-70s, is in the hospital. So let's wish him well that he uh, gets a speedy recovery. And um, Van Barzois 
I think it's Zywa. I really loved Eric's tank with the four turrets. It had a Da Vinci vibe to it. Um, and then, uh, this is my favorite, Gerald uh, Hughley. The Elder Sage should have included an 18-foot Stonehenge. <laughs> I, I that. saw that Sabbath tour. Yeah, yeah. It's just like that someone marked mark that. So lots of great comments and, and uh, interesting discussion on YouTube as well as our Facebook page. So go visit both of those and Yeah, I mean, involved. again, just a draw-dropping episode last week with everything that was finally revealed in sketches and, and, and memos and budgets about the Elder Tour. Just, I mean, it kind of took everything that was rumored, speculated, talked about, but never any proof. There it is. And you got you can well, guys can go over to backstageauctions.com and own this stuff. Well, and Scott Beeson also said, too, he really liked the Destroyer stage and didn't understand why they abandoned it so quickly. He thought it was cool to have the character-themed stage areas, which I, I, I agree. We all agree, agree with that, yep. I really uh, wish, and I've said it on the show before, I, I, I wish for one of the Kiss Cruises, because that that would be easy to mock up. Yep. You know, the I don't know why they, you know, and I don't know if you guys know, for those of you who, who don't go on the Kiss Cruises, obviously Gene doesn't breathe fire because, you know, you're on a ship and that's not a place you want fire. Um, but he also does not spit blood on on the kiss cruises too so so maybe that's why they don't use the the castle or but i again i always thought that would be kind of not easy but I, look at the effort they put into to recreate you know they made a tank turret yeah exactly on, you know, so yeah I, anyways i and 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 again always i always my little piece of detroit trivia is that uh you know kiss did not play Detroit on the destroyer tour and you would have thought the complete opposite because they were so huge here yeah uh, the destroyer tour only lasted a couple of months yeah that was it they were on to rock and roll over yeah right on to that so all right all right so this week guys we have a special guest and it's a very fun discussion great guy awesome guy we and a super collective collector in the kiss world we're joined by Kiko from the Kiss Lounge in Mexico City. And, man, the story, I mean, I thought we were just going to talk about the lounge, but his stories about going backstage in 1977 and meeting Kiss, seeing Kiss in Brazil on the Creatures of the Night tour. He was in Mexico City for the TV filming from The Elder, which that's a pretty rare some pretty cool stuff happening. Cool uh, just to clarify, so people who don't know, you can you can go on YouTube and watch. They were in their elder outfits, but they played two songs from Dynasty. Yep, and he explains why they played one of them. It's quite mm -hmm. a funny story. Um, so anyway, without further ado, let it, let it roll. Kiko from the Kiss Lounge. Want to get your official three sides of the coin logo and shocker tee? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com.
So everybody, we want to welcome this week's special guest, and bear with me because I'm going to attempt to not slaughter his name, Kiko <laughs> Riojas. That's great. Good. Kiko, welcome to Three Sides. Uh, thank you. Thanks so for, for... first of all, where are you? You're in Mexico? I'm in Mexico City. Well, exactly. I'm uh, like 30 minutes away from downtown. Okay. And, and so... I, I want to give people a background as to who you are or how they might know you. If if you're any sort of a, I don't know, mildly diehard KISS fan, you've probably encountered or seen stuff for the KISS Lounge. You've probably seen posts, photos, images, something related to the KISS Lounge. That's yours. Is that correct? Yes, that's mine. So, so I think the first thing, before we get into that let's just talk about you as a kiss fan we always love to kind of get history it's like when did you become a kiss fan what was your first introduction well the first time i saw kiss it was through an uncle of mine and he took me to a kiss concert in san francisco at the cow palace in 1977 to be exact the, the 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 night Elvis Presley died. Yeah. The day that Elvis Presley passed away. Right. Yep. I've got very that. I've got a bootleg. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a very famous bootleg. It's been out there for a long time. Yes, I think so. <laughs> that's that's uh, how how I saw Kiss for the first time, and uh, I met Gene backstage. I was nine years old at the time, and I think Gene was like twenty seven or twenty eight. Uh, the uncle that took me, he he was able to get me backstage because he had a movie production company from that gold uh, era, from you know the golden era of the movies, cinema, golden era. He used to produce to produce movies like uh, Around the World in Eighty Days. Oh wow! Oh, so so Gene was probably a big fan of the work he's done. Yes, <laughs> totally. Because <laughs> I, I was going to say, 77, you got backstage to meet the band. Somebody had to have some connections or some ability to, to, to get you backstage. Yeah, that, that was my uncle. I don't know how he did it. I was too young, and uh, my uncle passed away many years ago. Uh, sadly, he used to drink a lot. Oh. But... Uh, he was the one who took me to the Kiss concert. My Kiss concert, I, I, I heard, I listened to Kiss for the first time when I was eight years old from a cousin of mine that he, his eldest brother went to New York and he bought some Kiss records without listening to Kiss ever. But he just saw the, you know, the image of the records and he, he bought them at Tower Records in New York City. That was 19, I think it was like 1976. Wow. So so what was your uncle a fan or did he do this because he knew you were a fan? No, my uncle, he was a movie producer and he was, uh, how, do you, how do you say that word in English when you love music so much? Megal, megalomaniac? How do you say that? Megalomaniac? Uh, exactly. And he had a he had a like fifteen thousand record collection at home. Whoa! 
Yeah, a very big collection. All kinds of music, from jazz, classical music, rec, you know, rock and roll, all kinds of music. And uh, he was the one that took me. I come from a family that's been in the music business for the last hundred years. My my grandpa, he used to have the Wurlitzer Duke Foxes and Piano Company in Mexico, so he used to manufacture uh, jukeboxes, pianos, organs, accordions. And my dad has been a record, He's he has a record company. He, my dad just passed away a few months ago, but- I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. He, he had a record company, he manufactured records and tapes in Mexico City and in LA, California. Wow. He, so your started, family has, has a rich history of music. Yes, my dad started pressing records in 1957. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Yes, yes. And he had, he had a, well, we had in the family, we had the record company and we had a studio, you know, recording studios. And so we've been in that business all our lives. I don't I haven't seen anything else in my life. I don't. I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> that's a that's a fun business to do nothing but. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, a little bit of my life. So so so, in 1977, you're backstage at the Cow Palace seeing Kiss. What was, what was backstage like? What do you remember about backstage in 1977? Because Frankly, as KISS fans, we see the occasional photos from then backstage, but we don't really hear from people who were back there. I mean, was it tight security? Were there a lot of people? Was it very controlled? Um, you know, were you were you able to see them out of makeup? Talk to us about that backstage. What do you remember? Well, that's a very interesting question because uh, you know, Mike, that are... Right now, nowadays, it's so easy to to be in touch with your favorite rock star. And, and in those days, it was really, really something, you know, very strange to be able to get close to your favorite artist or musician or rock star, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what I remember is that it, I was walking in a very long uh, hallway, very long. I don't know. I was very young. So when you're a kid, you see everything larger than than what really it is when you're an adult. But I think it was like, I don't know, maybe a hundred foot long, long uh, hallway. And I was walking with my uncle and suddenly Gene crossed by from one door to another. He crossed the hallway and I started, you know, like, like in, in makeup or out of makeup. No, he was in makeup. He okay. was completely. He was, this, this was like maybe half an hour before the show. And uh, he was in makeup. That's awesome. And, uh, I, so I started like, like, oh my God, you know, I was really getting nervous. And I told my uncle, look, look, you know, Gene Simmons just walked by. And he said, okay, let's walk and let's see if we can find him. So we kept on walking and suddenly he crossed, you know, again through the other side. And I was like, maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 feet away from him. So he saw us and he stopped and he looked at me. And, uh, well, imagine my size and his size with his boots and everything on. 
So I, I felt like I was a little midget, you know. Right. I, I saw him so big, and he came up to me, and he said, what are you doing here, no? And, you know, I, I couldn't answer it back. You know, I was, like, really nervous. And I at the time, I was, like, really scared of what I was looking at. You know, imagine you're a hero, you're a little kid, and you see this big, big guy, you know, scary looking. And uh, he picked me up by my armpits. And um, so he, he, you know, he lifted me up. Wow. Holding me by, by my armpits. And uh, he, he asked me my name. And I said, uh, Frederico, because at the time, my name is Frederico, you know, like Frederick. Right. So at the time, nobody used to call me Kiko. Because my dad was Kiko, so everybody used to call my dad Kiko and, and myself Frederico. So I told him, my name is Frederico. And he said, what? <laughs> and I said, Frederico. He said, where are you from? And I said, Mexico. So he stared at my eyes. He looked at my eyes, you know, very profound. And he said, do you speak English? He asked me. And I said, yes, I do. He said, well, you're from Mexico, right? And I said, yes. Oh, what, what are you doing here? I said, well, my uncle brought me here. So he he talked to my, he said hello to my uncle and met my uncle. But he kept on holding me. And uh, I was, you know, imagine my legs in the air. Oh, I was this really is incredible. <laughs> I was really skinny. And he said, well, I just want to let you know something. You're the first Mexican I have ever met. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, I, I couldn't answer back, you know. I was like in shock. You're the first demon I've ever met. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so that was that was something that I, you know, I will never forget, and that it was amazing. So after that, he said, "Well, nice to meet you. And are you coming for the show? Are you gonna see the show?" And you know, it was very very fast. But I uh, I said, "Of course." So I, I watched the show. I was at right in the front of the show at the first row. Uh, my uncle was like, I don't know, maybe two, three feet behind me. Would be, you know, he was behind me. And I saw the show and I, I was electrified. I, I, I was, you know, my skin, I was like in shivers. And, and I just saw backstage Gene. I never saw any other, any of the guys. He was the only one that I saw. That's that's very you know special that I have to let you know that because I I wasn't able to see the rest of the guys. I don't know where they were. Maybe they were um, you know dressing up. I don't know. But I just saw Gene. And then uh, in nineteen, I'm a very good friend of Doug McGee. Even before, even before he man he started managing Kiss. Uh, and this is this is a long story, but Doug loves sailing, okay? And uh, I I love sailing. My dad used to love sailing, and my dad had a boat in the U.S. Virgin Islands in the Caribbean. So uh, I met I met Doug, and I met his brother his brother Mikey that he passed away a few years back, and all his family, Doug's mom, and everyone they used to live in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, so we met because of the sailing and and also because of the music industry. And we became friends. This was 
to be exactly, I mean, to be honest with you, we became friends of Doug in 1990. Okay, so he started managing Kiss in 1990, at the end of 95, 95, 96. So, so when he started managing Kiss, he called me and he said, Kiko, I got a news for you. He knew I was a Kiss fanatic. And he, he told me, I'm going to manage Kiss. And I said, no, I don't believe you, Dad. <laughs> he said, yeah, I'm going to manage Kiss. This is something else. And I said, well, wow, that's great. No, I would love to, to meet him and see them because the last time I, you know, I saw them in concert a few times. I lived in the States for a few years. I went to school in San Francisco and uh, I lived in Newport Beach in LA and uh, in Balboa Island in California. So I, I, in Texas, also a couple of years. So I had seen them in, in other concerts. I even saw them at the Alive 3 uh, concert in, uh, that was in, in, in Philadelphia when they were recording. I think one of the nights was recorded there, if I'm not wrong. And uh, so I saw them, but I had never met them in person again or, or even Gene, you know, I never saw the rest of the guys backstage. So Doug invited me to the MTV Unplugged in New York. So that was amazing. And uh, I went to the MTV and uh, we were backstage. I don't know if you guys went to that. Uh, no, record. I wasn't. Well, that was very special because I think nobody had a clue that that Ace was going to be coming there and, and, and right. Pete and Chris. So I saw them backstage and I was like completely astonished and and so Doug comes in with me and they were like in the hospitality room with a buffet and uh, he said, well, let me introduce you my my friend from Mexico, Kiko. So and everybody said like, what the hell is this guy doing here? No? <laughs> so uh, I started, you know, Gene saw me and he said, are you Doug's friend from Mexico? And I said, yeah, well, nice meeting you. And I mean, this was... I don't even know how to explain you how special that moment was for me. But uh, I, Jim said, well, you know, we're, we're going to eat something, take whatever you want, free, feel free to take whatever. So I started, you know, getting some cheese and, I don't know, some drinks and ham and whatever. And he seated next to me, Jim. So he started, like, asking me, all my life, like maybe if I was like ready to go into prison and they're like, yeah, how do you say that when they are like, hey, you know, you got to tell them they start asking you everything, no? Like interrogate. Him. He's interrogating. Exactly. He was like, he started like interrogating me. Who am I? How am I? Ducks I, I, and, and I'm assuming obviously he doesn't remember you from 1977. <laughs> no, of course not. Okay. Of course not. And, uh, like, maybe after 20 minutes about, you know, us together, Gene and I, come, you know, in conversation, I, I told him, I said, Gene, can I ask you something? And he started laughing. And he said, oh, okay, so now you're going to interrogate me. And I said, <laughs> well, why not? He <laughs> said, yeah, sure. You know, should. And I said, well, Gene, I just want to ask you something. 
Do you remember 1977 at the Cow Palace, a little kid that you, you know, picked him up by the armpit and you told him that, never forget it, that he was the first Mexican you had ever met? And he said, yeah, of course I remember that. How the hell you know that? And I said, I'm that little kid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, well, from that moment on, that's how our true friendship started by and uh i'm for me gene is everything for me gene is not it's more than a rock star it's more than gene simmons is more than what you know how maybe almost everybody sees him for me he's for me doug mcgee and gene simmons to be honest with you guys they're like my big brothers or second fathers or like that, you know, it's a very special friendship that we've had for many, many years, almost 30 years. And uh, it, it's for, I don't see him like, like, I know that I don't see him like everybody sees him. I see him like when I see him, when I'm in front of him, every time that I have the chance to be with him again, every time it's, I feel like I'm talking to my my big brother or my father. That's how I, that's how I see Gene and that's how I see Doc. The way that I see the other guys, the way that I see Paul, I see him with a lot of respect. I respect him very much. I love him very much because he's always treated me very well, very nice, with a lot of respect. But he's more, maybe more quiet, maybe more on, you know. Mm-hmm. Aside, he's a more protective person. More, more protective person, and uh, Tommy and, and and Eric and and Ace and Peter that I had the chance to to be with them uh, in in tours because I've traveled with them uh, together and stayed with them in the same hotel and maybe in the room next door. They are great guys, all of them. I've had a lot of fun with them. I have a lot of it, you know. Uh, anecdotes with them maybe uh i party with them uh besides you know behind what everybody can see so for me all of them are great great guys great human beings all of them being different because you know all of us were different so i respect the way they all are and uh, i've had the chance to be with them so i can tell you that for me, all of them are great, great guys. Kiko, a real quick question going back to 77. Did you by chance get a picture with Gene backstage? No, honestly not. Uh, it's, uh, it's very sad. Well, you know that in those days there were no cell phones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't carry. Well, I, I, for me, it was a surprise. My, my uncle took me without telling me that he was taking me to his concert. He told my mom and dad uh, two weeks before taking me that he was going to take me to his concert, that they should not tell me anything, that uh, it was going to be a surprise. So nobody told me. I wasn't prepared. I didn't have a kiss T-shirt on. I, you know, it was like he, he told me. He went that morning. He went to his office to work in in. He had an office in Oakland and, and one in San Francisco. 
And he told me, I'll, I'll come and pick you up like at 5 p.m. to take you to dinner. So he picked me up and he took me to the concert. So I wasn't prepared. I, he didn't have a camera. I don't know why. And, and I cannot ask him anymore that, <laughs> that question. Were, but, uh, were, were, were you living in San Francisco at that time or were you living in Mexico? No, I was living in Mexico City. I, I went to live to California after I finished high school. Okay, so so were you just up? Were you in San Francisco thinking you were just visiting your uncle? Is that why you were here? Yeah, he used to live in Mexico City, and he used to go to San Francisco because of his movie production company. I think he used to, he he spent like a week of, of every month in San Francisco. Got so, it. so, but he used to live in Mexico. So he just took me and he, I was very, you know, I, my uncle, he was a great guy. He loved music and I love music since I was a little kid. I, instead of waking up in the weekends and start playing with my, my Tonka, I had my Tonka fire, fireman's truck that I used to play with. I, that was my only toy. And, uh, I used to play records. So he used to take me to his house to listen to records. And he he knew that I was crazy for Kiss, so he, I think he heard that he was gonna be playing, and he took me. It was it was a big 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 surprise. I I had no clue. I, I, I can I yeah I gotta I'm just trying to you know because because all of us are in the same general age, so I'm putting myself back in 1977. I would have been like screaming out of my my head would be exploding i'd be crapping all over the place i'd be shaking i'd have goosebumps if somebody walked me backstage i almost pee on my pants when i saw gene i can i i, I believe that i believe that yeah you don't want to pee on the demon because <laughs> no. you know as kiko as we as we so finally say here timeline is everything and if you were a kiss fan back in the 70s at the height 77 you're talking the, you know, we're getting to the peak of Super Kiss going on. That was, you know, unbelievable that that something like that could happen to you. I mean, I can just imagine you were probably just, to some extent, speechless being there. Yes, I was speechless. That I couldn't answer him back. You know, I mean, first we gotta take in consideration that I was only nine years old. I mean, what can I answer back to, to a guy that it's dressed like a demon and he's so scary and and it took me a few minutes to realize that he was really the real gene simmons you know right i couldn't believe it it was something else that uh, fascinating i mean i i i did not know i didn't know that part of your history but that's a that's an incredible story for a KISS fan to be able to tell. I mean, we talk to fans who are like, yeah, I saw them in 77. Yeah, I saw them earlier than that. It's like, yeah, but this is more than just seeing them. You went backstage, and you met Gene backstage. Yes. And then and then, you know, fo- you followed that up with the story of meeting them at the Unplugged and connecting all of the dots with Gene. That, that's magical. It is. It is magical. It is something. It is something. At this point in my life, I still don't believe it. 
I was so lucky. I mean, I don't believe it. It's I believe it, but it's unbelievable. Yeah, ex exactly. Um, so, were you from from seventy seven to ninety six in that time frame? Were you a super diehard Kiss fan the whole time? Did you have your moments where you kind of went in and came out, or was Kiss always part of your life from seventy seven up to ninety six? Well, to be honest, all my life, I just, I just really didn't like that time when they took the makeup off. Uh, I really didn't like it. Uh, for me, it was a sad, like, I, I was like disappointed, honestly, you know, because I mean, when you're a little kid, you guys and myself were like you say on that time frame of age, and when you're a little kid. And you have these, like, like kids. Okay, they are. They look like superheroes for me, at least. They were superheroes. They were literally real life super. I've always told to people this. It's like we always knew Superman wasn't real. He was a comic book character. Gene Simmons is real. Exactly. And you guys were so lucky because in Mexico, in my country, it was so so hard to find any kids items. So hard. I mean. To be honest with you, we could only find the records and the cassettes and and a few magazines. And that's it. I mean, no toys, no no nothing. So the only way to be able to to have some kind of kiss memorabilia, it was if you were lucky enough to go to the States and find it in a store. And if not, that was it. Only records and, and the cassettes, the tapes and the eight tracks. And, and the eight tracks very few in Mexico were made. So it was very hard, very, very hard. So so during the 80s, you, you, you still were a KISS fan, but you weren't, you, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't go to any shows out of makeup? Yes, I went to the Creatures of the Night. Uh, I went to see them in San Antonio in Texas. Uh, I went to that show, then I went Alive 3D. Without makeup, with uh, Bruce and, and and Eric Singer, and uh, I went to a show in LA when the Lick It Up era. Okay, with Vinnie Vincent, and that's it. So, did you you didn't see Kiss when they did the the South American tour for Creatures? You didn't go to any of those shows. Yes, I went. I went when they when they did in Brazil. I went to see them in Brazil. So and let let let's let's chat about that because I've only spoken with. I think he was a guest on our show. One other person who was actually at that show in Brazil on Creatures. That's a pretty monumental event in history to be able to go to that. Yeah, what? that was that that was amazing because, I mean. I don't know if Kiss has ever had so much audience in at one night. There were more than a hundred thousand people. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've seen numbers where it's one hundred and thirty, one hundred and forty thousand. I've seen I've seen the Gene Simmons exaggerations of it's two hundred thousand. Um, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. it was that many, but it was oh, no. it was easy. It was definitely over a hundred thousand, as you said, and and 
It was only Kiss. It wasn't like a festival of other bands, right? It was just Kiss. It was Kiss. It was only Kiss. And uh, I don't think it, there were more than 120,000 because the the Aztec, Aztec Stadium in Mexico City, it's the second largest in the world. I think right now it holds 110. And uh, the Maracaná Stadium in Rio holds 120. So I don't think there were more than 120. It was packed. All right, but but 120, that's a lot of people. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's still a sea of people, no matter how you slice it. Exactly. Now, did did you, did you your uncle help you with that show at all? Did you get backstage? Did you get anything special? No, nothing special in that show. I just went with a friend of mine from Mexico, and that was it. We just paid that trip to go see Kiss at the Maracana Stadium in Brazil. Um, what was your your feeling at the time that Ace and Peter were no longer in the band for that? Uh, different but exciting. Different but, but exciting because I think when seeing Eric Carr in the drums, it was amazing. It was something else. Right. So, so that changes the perspective uh, because it was another alignment, and 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 uh, with uh, it was it was different, you know. The drums, especially, was very special because his drum set was so big, so big that it was something that I had never seen on Kiss before. I don't know that that night was very special for me with uh, with Eric Carr. He used to he used he used to do some kind of very special show and he used to step on, on, on top of, almost on top of the drums and very special, you know, very different. Well, you know, and, and, and I don't want Peter Chris fans to take this as an attack on Peter, but by that point in time, Eric Carr was way beyond the drumming ability of Peter Chris. I mean, Peter Chris had, had you know, as, as we know, looking back historically now, had really started to lose his chops and, you know, lost his focus and his direction and everything else. So Eric Carr is, you know, this young stud coming in there who's just powerful as hell. Exactly. I think I think in life you have to you don't have you don't you cannot lose your perspective of what you want or what you like. You know, my business is Kiss Lounge. I live from the Kiss Lounge. And if someone comes up to me and he says, oh, can you put a, I don't know, a song that it's pop rock? I said, sorry, you know, we're not pop rock. Kiss Lounge is, is rock and heavy metal and heavy rock, but we're not pop rock. Uh, it's not a pop rock lounge or a pop rock bar or whatever you want to call it. So I think Peter Chris lost that focus on he he lost it he was a rock star and then he was something he changed a lot and for me peter chris is a great and he's amazing and he's the original kiss drummer but uh i think he could have kept the position if he wouldn't lost his uh uh the initial the initial perspective of what Kiss was. I don't know if, if you can understand what no, I, 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 I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying for sure. 
Um, talk to us about the general overall buzz and excitement of that creature show. I mean, was it truly something where everybody wanted to go to the see Kiss? Was it a huge, huge ordeal down there? Kind of bring us into well, what was going on. You're gonna laugh, but I, I I never saw the Beatles, right? We were little kids, but we saw the Beatles on TV and how the girls would, would run and cry and, and faint and think, you know, like that. That was that was the Creatures concert in Brazil. It was crazy. Everybody would was running towards the stadium. Everybody was like. I mean, amazing. Everybody was crazy. Everybody was crying. The Brazilians were going crazy. Uh, amazing. It was something. It was like like those videos when people were watching the Beatles. Yeah, I can only imagine how that, to, to experience that live, that, that, that's something that very few people, I mean, there's 120,000 people who did it, but we hear from very few KISS fans who experienced that. And this stage was amazingly big. Amazing. It was amazing. It was something, I mean, well, imagine a stage for for 120,000 people. So it was very big, very, very big. Wow. It was spectacular. Um, by chance, um, and, and Mark, you, you know of this event for sure, when, when KISS went to Mexico City, to support music from the elder, they did a TV appearance, and yes. and I think they played two songs, two songs Charisma and oh, I was made for loving. Did you go to that by chance? Yes, I did, and I have the, I have, we have the, here in the Kiss Lounge collection, uh, the letter that was like the, the the contract between the promoter. And the TV, the TV, the station, the TV station. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Kiko, was... I, I have a question about that. I, I it always perplexed me that they did charisma. Now, was that any sort of a radio song down? Because you know, a lot of stuff is regional. Was was that song that was somewhat popular in Mexico City, or they just played that because they felt like it? <laughs> well, I should yeah. say mine to it because. That's of like... That is a great question because Gene doesn't like to play that song. He, well, they ne yeah, they never played it. Okay, he doesn't like it. He, but you're gonna laugh. Mexican Mexican people and Mexican Kiss fans. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. They love charisma. Okay, they always ask for Kiss and for Kiss tribute bands to play charisma. Even here at Kiss Lounge, when my house band is playing, you know, it's incredible. At least you listen to one people asking charisma. But now you're going to laugh. A few years back, like six years ago, uh, Gene came to Mexico for, uh, to play, to sing one song with a Kiss tribute band with a Philharmonic Orchestra. I don't know if you know that or not. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay. No. That was in, a, in a, like six hours away from Mexico City in a state that is called Aguascalientes, okay? And uh, there was this show 
that some promoter uh, paid Gene to come to sing one song with a Kiss tribute band from Mexico and the Philharmonic Orchestra. So I am backstage with Gene, and Gene asks, asks me, hey, Kiko, do you know what song they want me to sing? And I said, I don't know, let me go ask. So I asked these guys, and they told me charisma. <laughs> <laughs> so did he? So I, went, so I went back with Gene, and I said, Gene, I got a, I, I got a bad news for you. Said, Don't tell me, Kiko. What is it? Charisma. I say, he goes, oh fuck. And I'm sorry for that. Sorry for my French. That's okay. It's okay. Uh, okay. He says, oh my god. And he said, Kiko, please write me the lyrics. <laughs> I don't know them. I said, well, wait a minute. Let me go get someone that can get the lyric, the lyrics. So we got a piece of paper, a sharpie, and wrote him the lyric. And uh, before going upstairs, he said, Kiko, please take me up and introduce me to the crowd. So I did it. There were like, I don't know, maybe two, three thousand people. So I introduced him. He was standing like maybe 10 feet away from me. So I, I, I said, well, Gene is going to sing for you, Charisma. <laughs> and everybody started like, wow, you know, laughing and screaming, Charisma, Charisma. And then Gene started singing the song. And he would like, like, he was singing. And then he would like, oh, shit, you know. He didn't want to uh, read the paper. And, and he, some, somehow he dropped the sheet of paper to the floor. And he started repeating the same charisma, charisma like 10 times because he forgot the lyrics. So, <laughs> so I had to run and pick up the sheet of paper and gave it to him again. So it was so funny. So <laughs> like 30 seconds after that, he said, hey, you guys, I know you love charisma, but I think I'm going to end up this with uh, rock and roll night. Is that good? And so everybody said, yeah. So. He just sang like half of Charisma and the rest of Rock and Roll Night. <laughs> oh, funny, funny. Yeah. What, that is, that is funny. what, what, what do you remember about the the Elder TV taping? Was there a big crowd? Was it a small crowd? Did they play other songs in between? What was it like seeing Kiss in their Elder costumes live? Well, it was very special, but there were. Maybe no more than 70, 80 people. That's it. I think maybe 70, maybe no more than that. Uh, because it was on a TV studio. And, uh, you know, like that, when you go and see, uh, I don't know what, David Letterman or all the people that are in front of him, you know, like maybe right. 70 people. And uh, their, their costumes, it was very special to see them in their costumes. And it was only like an interview. Uh, this guy, they, he was interviewing them and then they played the songs and that was it. It was, it took like maybe 30 minutes, something like that. Okay. Kiko, I have a question for you. Um, sure. right around that time, um, when they did that TV show, I know they visited some hospitals. Yes. Um, now there was quite, now why, 
I heard that that was in response to a local church saying they were devil worshipers, and that was getting some uh, some press down. Do you remember any of that sort of thing? Um, any negative press that Kiss was getting associated with devil worship at that time? No, that's not true. That's okay. not true at all. No, 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 no. That's not true. Uh, the TV uh, station owner. Uh, he had someone that was working that he had some family member that that used to work in this it was an orphanage okay so they just asked uh, the guys if they could go to the orphanage and and you know spend some time with the kids and because they were going to do the TV the TV station was going to do a uh, money um, donation for the orphanage and and they accepted but there was no devil worship thing or anything like that at all. Nothing at all. Um, Kiko, so let's let's um, jump into the Kiss Lounge here. So we've mentioned yeah. that a few times in the conversation. Um, the first thing that that struck me, and I and I, I don't know when was the first time I saw something about the Kiss Lounge. It was many years ago. Um, you've got an incredible Kiss collection. I, I, I would venture to say it could probably rival Mark's collection. Um, how long have you been acquiring the Kiss stuff? Well, well, first, before I start that, Mike, I just want to let you know, guys. Well, I want to ask you, I'm sure you've seen the tour book, the end of the road tour book, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. You've seen my name is behind. Okay. Yep. Uh, there's many pictures in that in the tour book that I sent for the tour book that you're gonna see that are in Spanish, or if you see the keys ticket stop from the Maracana creatures is right there. Okay. Uh, I sent all that those pictures for the tour book. Okay. Uh, well, I just want to let you know that. Sure. No, that's uh, awesome. Uh, going back to the Kiss Lounge, uh, you were asking me about the collection. Yeah, your, 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 your Kiss collection. When did you start acquiring stuff? Well, it's. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't buy any more many things uh, because I don't have a, <laughs> more space. And, uh, and I don't. I don't want to have them in, in boxes or in drawers like I used to when I was younger. Uh, for me, it's sad to have a big collection and don't have a you know, place to, to show it or, or at least you know, personally to see it. But um, I really never bought my collection through internet. Uh, the way that I bought my collection, it was the hardest way to do it. It was in the old times. Uh, I used to. I was subscribed in in a magazine called the Gold Mine. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Me too. And uh, I used to buy through Gold Mine, and I I also had a, a very good friend that I lost. I lost a contact with him, and I tried to look for him, and I never found him. Maybe you guys heard of him, Frank Caraglio. Yeah, Frank uh, yeah. on the East Coast. <clears throat> In the East Coast, uh, yeah. 
I I got uh, many items from him, and uh, I don't know what happened to him. To Frank, he's still, he's still around. He had some health issues a few bet you th- few years back. He kind of got out of the, all the kiss, you know, stuff oh, right in the early two thousands, I think. But yeah, I knew Frank, a super super great guy, and yeah, great guy. Uh, and he did all the kiss expos. I mean, if you went to any of the New York kiss expos, he always had the most people around his table. Exactly, uh, oh, wonderful, I- wonderful family guy, good guy, exactly. and. Uh, yeah, so I mean, so yeah, I know I, I, know I bought many, many from Frank, uh, many items, and then, uh, uh, well, most of it, most of all, my collection was, I had to spend a lot of money in uh, phone calls uh, through Goldmine Magazine, and so for me, it's, <clears throat> I feel, very, I feel very proud that it, it was, my collection, it really was very very hard effort to, to to get it to be able to make that collection because right now with a push of a button you can get any item you want in a second yep. for me i the joint action action figures from australia it took me 7 years to find them 7 7 years and it took me 3 years to convince the guy that had them to sell them to me. So that was 10 years just for three items for the joint action figures. Then uh, I have a very few items that are one of a kind, that they only exist one in the world. And that to mention, I have the, the, uh, the banner that he's used for the opening of the, the Detroit Rock City, the movie, New Line Cinema Productions. I have the huge banner uh, here at the Keys Lounge, and that was the only one made in the whole world, and that was the only one they used for the opening of the movie. And I think they took it to Detroit, and then they took it to L.A., or first L.A. and then Detroit. And uh, I also have the only fireman's... uh, Helmet from Paul Stanley from the non makeup era. Wow. Mm-hmm. And some items like that. But it's very special for me. I feel very proud of myself because it was very hard to get to to make my collection because I never I I, I think maybe I have seven thousand items. And wow. uh, I think I've only bought maybe, maybe not even a thousand through internet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, did did your collection lead you to wanting to start the Kiss Lounge? How did the Kiss Lounge come to be? Well, uh, one day I used to open my, you know, my cardboard boxes with my Kiss collection inside because. When I used to live at my mom's and dad's house, my room was very small, so I could not, you know, have it exposed. So I used to open and take some items and and see them and then cry and put them back again in the box and into the closet. And that was it. And I used to make that maybe one, two boxes every two weeks or something like that, open them, see them, enjoy them for a few minutes and then put them back again in the in the box 
and back in the closet or in the garage. So one day, uh, this was in 1999, I was uh, with Doug and Gene together having dinner. And uh, the idea, I've been in the night business all my life. I've, I've had a, my first nightclub was in, in Cabo San Lucas. Uh, then I had one in, in Mexico. And uh, the Kiss Lounge is my third and my only one right now. Uh, in 99, I was with them having dinner. And just the idea popped out of having making a new club with ex exposing all my collection. And I said, if I don't do it, if I'm not able to do it, I think I'm going to sell my collection. Because for me, it was very sad to have it in drawers and boxes and in the garage. It wasn't worth it. I mean, to have all that lovely pieces and all that money invested and I mean, that's the way I think. Maybe I respect everyone, everyone, but that was my way of thinking in 20 years ago. Right. So, so I said, I don't want these items to be in the garage. So I said, if I'm not able to do it, I'm going to sell them or auction them or whatever. I don't know. I'm going to do I'm going to do something, but I don't I'm not going to have it in the garage. That's a fact. Not anymore. So I told them about my idea of opening a new bar, I, I, I didn't have the name at the, at the moment or anything, but I, I was just telling them, telling them I'm going to open a new bar and I'm going to expose all my kids' collection. And uh, they were just listening to me and laughing. And what is, I mean, what is everybody? And then suddenly Gene says, like, what is everybody going to do? I mean, what, where, I mean, how are you going to expose your collection and, how is everybody going to see it? He said, well, I don't know. I'm just going to think about it, I'm, how I'm going to do it. And he said, well, that's a good idea. I mean, you, he said, Kiko, you're nuts. You, you've been nuts all your life. You're crazy, you know. So <laughs> why not? I mean, so, I mean, we finished dinner, and that, that went through. And, I mean, we never spoke about it anymore. And, like, two months after that, I really had the idea on my brain how was I, I was gonna do it and uh so i i called doc and i called gene and i said well this is the idea i want to do it in cancun so cancun yeah. but i mean cancun is a place that it's only for vacationing right so when there's no vacations there's no one there so i i told them and i i i have I made all this with a, a, a designer, professional designer. I did all the designs of the, the outside of the, the kids' lounge, you know, how it, it would look mm -hmm. from the outside on the street, and all the inside designs and everything, all the planning and all the plans. And I went to see Doc and Gene. And then I had the real picture and the real idea. And then I had the name, and uh, and they told me, Kiko, you're you're fucking nuts, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Way to encourage business. Exactly, exactly. That's becoming a theme. Exactly. <laughs> so I went to Cancun, and I I 
this professional company that did uh, research or investigation on how business can do. I don't know how you. Sure. Mention. Yeah. So I I told them to make me, any, you know, to make a plan and see if that business would work in Cancun. But it came, it came out negative. They said, no, impossible. You know, there's not enough people that come to Cancun to to listen to rock and roll. And, and that was 20 years ago. I mean, many years ago. So imagine, even now Cancun is only for vacationing. Imagine 20 years ago, there was no one there. So uh, I said, okay, forget about it. And I I threw all, all my plans and everything into the drawer. And the year 2000 went by, 2001 went by, 2002 went by. And in 2003, I said, sorry for my French. Fuck it. I'm going to do it. So I called them again and I said, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and they said, Kiko, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I did There's it. There's that again. And yeah. I did it. And it's been 16 years, guys. 16 years. I think, and I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, first of all, this is the only nightclub, bar, lounge with live rock or whatever you want to call it, museum, in the whole world dedicated to KISS. The whole world. The only one. And the only one in the whole planet dedicated to only one artist or band. In total. Completely faithful to one band. I, I think... His Lounge is going to become the only place in the whole world that is going to be keeping the name of Kiss uh, alive in the world as it is. Because, okay, we know that there's a Kiss Mini Golf. Right. But that, that's very different. That's not a like, a, that's just, you're going to play Mini Golf and you're going to buy some buy uh, some merch yep merch but here you come and you listen this is to to explain you guys and i hope one day i can have the pleasure of having you down here at kiss lounge and being me the host and inviting you the drinks and the the entertainment i hope one day i have the honor to have you guys down here at kiss lounge i, I know we'd yeah. love it this is like a whiskey a go go, but but it's only kids. It's it's a museum. Yeah. It's honestly it's a museum, and it's the only one in the world. And and I don't think and I know that Gene Gene especially Gene never never imagine his la his lounge was going to produce never. He never thought it was going to last so long that it was going to become so famous. Not even myself, to be honest with you guys. I, yeah. never, I never thought I was going to become a personality in the kids' world. Never imagined. I never planned it that way. It was an accident. And here I am. Here's the kids' lounge for the rest of the world. And I am very proud to keep the name and the keys logo on top of the world 
and I hope for many, many, many more years to come. Kiko, let me let me ask, and you don't need to go into the details, but did you have to cut any sort of a, a deal with Kiss in order to use the logo and do something that's making money off of their name? Sorry, but I cannot uh, talk about that. Right. Fair I'm enough. Sorry. Fair enough. I'm sorry. Um, have you ever thought about expanding? Uh, to be honest with you guys, okay, this is my plan. I hope, I hope I can realize it. It's my final dream in, I have many dreams in life, but I think I feel comfortable with what I've done. I'm very satisfied. I don't need anything else. I am very happy with with what I've done, but my final my final dream would be when Kiss Lounge uh, becomes it's when it comes our 20 year anniversary in four years. I would love to open in Las Vegas because it, it 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 just I don't know <laughs> the the numbers of the traffic you have and everything else. But it just seems to me that a KISS-themed lounge would be better suited somewhere like a Las Vegas than Mexico City. <laughs> you're totally right. I'm gonna, I, guys, I'm going to tell you something that you're going to laugh. Like five years ago, I was sitting on the KISS lounge in my table where, because I sit always in the same table. And there's this guy like 60 years old, uh, blonde, big guy, tall, like six, big, big, tall guy. He comes up to me, he says, you're the owner, right? And I said, yeah, in English, but he's British with British accent. So he said, well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm here because they told me in Mexico City, I came for a business uh, trip. And they told me that I had to visit this place, that I couldn't go back to England without visiting Kiss Lounge. And he gave me his card. He was at the time, and I, I'm not sure if he's still in, in his position, but he was a worldwide president for Hard Rock International. Mm. And, Interesting. And, uh, he, he arrived like at 11 at night, and uh, he left at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was amazing. Wow. Uh, it was like maybe two, three in the morning, and I asked him, you know, we were chatting, and he was a very nice guy. And he told me, I mean, he asked me, what are you doing here? I mean, this could be in London. This could be New York. This could be in Vegas. This could be in Tokyo. This could be in Paris. This could be in Moscow, in L.A. What are you doing in here, in the middle of nowhere, you know? And I say, well, that's funny. I mean... I had a plan, and that plan went into the drawer in 1999 in Cancun. So why am I here? Why is Kiss Lounge located where it is right now? It's because this property, it's a family-owned property, and I have here a restaurant, and I had another bar that I closed. So I said, well, instead of selling my collection, I'm going to open here my Kiss Lounge project, and let's see what's happened. Let's see what's going to... I never knew what, what was going to happen. And now, and it became famous, 
all over the world. And to be honest with you guys, I'm here. It was an accident that I opened Kiss Lounge right where it is located right now. It wasn't planned to be open here or anything like that. It was planned in Cancun and the studio came out negative. And so I said, well, what the heck? Instead of selling my collection, I'm going to open it here and let's see what's, you know, let's see what happens. And that's, that's the reason and that's the story why Kiss Lounge, it is where it is right now. Have, have all of the members of KISS at one time or another been to the lounge? Yes, 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 of course. Um, so the, the, the KISS collection, I'm assuming, and, and, you know, I've seen some pictures, but have you got stuff displayed like the way the hard rock would display stuff? Are they, are they behind glass so people can't touch, take it off? They bolted to the walls. I mean, how do you ensure your collection doesn't walk out the front door? It is like in the hard rock. It is like that. Yeah, it is like that. It's it's behind behind windows and and you know jackets behind behind glasses and things like that. And and do you do you have all of your collection on display or do you rotate stuff in and out of displays? How does that no, work? No, it's it's all on display. It's all in display. I still have like a thousand items uh, in the closet that uh, I want to display them, and I have to build another new era uh, area. Sorry to to display it because I have here in in a, you can see my office, right? Yes. I can I can show you here my the pinball. There's the pinball. You see it? Yep. Yes. So the people, the people, nobody sees that, and here's the, the bolt that nobody sees that. So I have, and I have drawers with things that that I have to display. And uh, uh, do you see that um, that T-shirt? Yeah, I was wondering what that was. Okay, that T-shirt, uh, Jean gave it to me. That T-shirt was Jean's T-shirt from the from the uh, Diplomat Hotel show. Wow. <laughs> Mark's going to Mar- go. Mar- Mark, Mark just got numb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. His sundials. It's very, very old. I don't know. Maybe you can see. Yeah. Very, very old. Wow. Very, would, yeah, would, that's very cool. Would, would Kiko, would you consider that one of the most prized possessions in your collection? <laughs> I don't have one in, in, in particular, uh, Mike. Uh, there's one thing that I have. To, I mean, the one that I love, like, in my heart has the most uh, significance. It's uh, the Gene Simmons uh, axe bat base that I have. Because that axe base, he gave it to me when the... So that, a, that base wasn't produced for selling like the ones they produ- that was his base and uh for many years i was asking him hey jim could you please sell me an, an axe base please please and he one day he said kiko do you- i'm not a fucking factory i don't have a base <laughs> you know <laughs> to sell i don't have them to sell and and you're gonna laugh what he told me so well, he said, so I said, well, Gene, if one day you can please sell me one, let me know and I'll buy it. 
And he said, yeah, I'll let you know, whatever, you know. And um, it was more than a week after that that I got a package home, and it was the base, and it was a gift, and he had a post-it in, inside of the, you know, in the base, and it said, fuck you, Kiko. And it was, <laughs> he sent it from New York to my, my house, and it was a gift. So that's why that base is so special for right. me. Right. Awesome. Uh, but honestly, you're going to laugh. After that that uh, event that I was like, maybe it was, we were together in a, in a show. And I, I was, for a week, we were together for like, no, like maybe four days. And then I went to his home and I was, please sell me a, a next base, please, please, please. And then years back, after that, I'm sorry, he said, you remember, Kiko, when you were telling me, please, 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 please? Well, now we're going to produce them to sell them. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. <laughs> uh, Kiko, let's just, because we're, we're, we're approaching, we're just over an hour now. Yes, um, yes. So give me an idea of what goes on at the Kiss Lounge on any night. Is it is it a live bar food do you have local bands um international bands playing there well yes uh we open from tuesday to saturday from 7 p.m till late and uh, tuesday wednesday and thursday we just got uh you know rock without live not live rock okay Right. And uh, every Friday and Saturday, we got we got two house bands that play one on Friday, one on Saturday. And every Friday and Saturday, we invite tribute bands. You know, like maybe we do tributes to Metallica. I think this Friday we have a tribute to Megadeth. And uh, that's Friday. And then Saturday, I think we have a, I don't, I don't remember this week, but maybe a tribute to the purple or to ACDC or to keys or things like that. All, you know, Metallica, whatever, Pantera, all kinds of bands. Every weekend of the year, every weekend, we have two bar, two, two live bands every night. So we have live rock from 11 PM until like three 30 in the morning, every Friday and every Saturday of the year. Uh, Many international artists have been here at Kiss Lounge. Like, well, we've had Eric Singer played here, Bruce Kulik many times, John Karabi. Uh, uh, this year came Michael Matijevic from Steelheart was here, and Dave Evans from yeah. from ACDC was here, and uh, we've had here um, uh, Crash Diet from Sweden, and we've had here uh, Eric Martin from Mr. Big and Avantasia, and we've had here Sebastian Back from Skid Row, and uh, well, many artists we've had at Tis Lounge over the years. That's that's, that's awesome. It, it it sounds like it's like the the ideal clubhouse for a Kiss fan just to go hang out at every single night. <laughs> <laughs> it is for me it is at least for me it is my <laughs> are do you, do you are, are you like 
a little celebrity known around there is like, that's the Kiss guy. That's the guy that owns the Kiss Lounge. Well, Mike, uh, I don't like I don't like to say this, but I don't know how it it was an accident. I became a celebrity worldwide because people from all over the world uh, write me and follow me, and I never planned it. I mean, right. I I love rock and roll since I was a little kid. I've been in the music business all my life. I saw that from my family. My passion is Kiss. My passion is rock. And to be honest, my passion and my whole entire happiness and life every day is Kiss Lounge. That's my happiness. I'm so happy for you. I mean, that's amazing. To, Living your passion's not easy to do. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, and and I tell people all the time, it's it's when you don't set out to do something that something happens. Exactly. If you're doing it just because you love it, that's when you'll be surprised that you get discovered and something happens because of it. Nobody's, I, I don't know, nobody just sits down and goes, all right, here's my goal. I'm going to become famous for opening a kiss lounge. It's like, no, you can't make it happen. It had exactly. to happen naturally. Yeah, exactly. Just like kids, just like kids did it, no? Yeah. They never, yeah. they never knew they were gonna be at the top of the world one day. Yep. Yeah. Have, have, have you seen any shows on the End of the Road tour? No, only, only the one that it, they just, they were here in Mexico a few months back, and uh, that's it. Uh, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna know. I don't know where I'm gonna go. You'll be there. You'll yeah, be there. I, I want. You know what? I want to be in the last show. That's where I want to be. Everybody yeah. wants to be there. Everyone does. <laughs> yeah. I hope I can be in the last one. Oh, I'm. I'm gonna be in some before. I hopefully, uh, God gives me that opportunity. But uh, at least, at least, I want to be at the end, the last one. That's awesome. This is awesome, Kiko. Yes. Um. What's the website address for the Kiss Lounge? How do they find you? Yes, it's www.kisslounge.com.mx. Uh, okay. MX. Okay. This, uh, yeah. I, I imagine you've got fans all the time just showing up, wanting to step foot in there and be there. Yes, and honestly, Mike, I would love to have more Kiss fans we don't have we don't have enough. We have more rock fans and hard rock fans than Kiss fans at Kiss Lounge. That is that is funny. That that is something that I you know. It's well, you're to, you're you're doing your you're doing your part to push but, Kiss. But exactly. at least but at exactly. least you get all types of fans showing up. That's exactly. quite successful. And and I want to keep the name of Kiss up high to the world for many many years or forever i i i'm very proud to keep kiss's name on top of the world because it's the greatest band in the world the greatest we yep. would agree with you the yep. greatest and i would love to have you guys at kiss lounge one day it would be my most biggest honor to have I... you guys I love your country, and we travel there a lot. 
So someday I just have never made it to Mexico City because it's literally in the middle. And when we go, we typically go, you know, for a vacation to, um, you know, well, sometimes Cancun or Playa, you know, because it's, exactly. it's just so beautiful there. Well, if you guys uh, one day come to Mexico City, please let me have the we'll, honor we, to we will We will make it happen at some point. I mean, I, Somehow, I, 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 I feel like the KISS Lounge is, is one of those things where a KISS fan wants to make that, that pilgrimage to eventually <laughs> be able to see yes. it. If, you know, and if for no other reason than the incredible collection. Again, you know, I've seen, and many of us have seen pictures yeah. here and there, but, you know, to, to see somebody else's KISS collection... All fans love that. Yes, and I'm going to tell you guys that the last time that, that I was with Gene here in Mexico City, uh, like three, four months ago, he was with a friend of his, and this guy used to manage uh, Lady Gaga, another big, big artist in the, in the industry. And this guy, he's from uh, Ireland, and he was in, here in Mexico for the show. And I was with him and, and Gene, and Gene told him one thing. You should go one day to the Kiss Lounge because it's the Kiss Temple. That's what Gene told his friend. Nice. The Kiss Lounge is the Kiss, Kiss Temple. Kiss Temple. Well, <laughs> I kind of thought that would be Gene's office at his home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he couldn't work at night like me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Kiko, this was an absolute pleasure and an honor. Oh, and um, thank you. Your stories, oh, especially you 1977, just amazing stories. Um, when, is, when is this coming out to promote it and um, to promote um, it'll, the other it, side of the coin? It, it, it will go live next Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. I will send you all of the links so you can post links and everything to share it. Oh, yes, please, please send me everything and. Uh, Please, guys, uh, send me, Mike, your address. And uh, Do you all guys live in California? Um, I live California, in Detroit. Detroit, and Minnesota. Ah, Detroit, Rock City, man. <laughs> 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 okay, guys, please do, do me a favor. Send me your addresses, please. I will, I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you some Kids Lounge souvenirs. Nice. Thank, Thank you. Please, Thank you. Please Thank do you. that, okay? Thank you. We will. Don't forget it, okay? No, 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 no. I, 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 I will get you an email um, later today with everybody's addresses. Okay. And, Including uh, the lovely Lisa. Yes, Lisa <laughs> Martini. Yeah, Lisa Martini, your wife, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> famous. Famous. Did you yeah. hear that, Lisa? You're my wife. <laughs> love it. Well, I keep, love you guys. Uh, thank you, Kiko. Keep in touch. Oh, God we will for you. sure. Uh, God, God bless kids, but above all, God bless the other side of the coin. There you go. Thank you, Kiko. You were, you were, Thanks, you were a pleasure. Take care, man. Peace. Love you guys. Thank love you. Love you too. See ya. I love that conversation. You know, and right out of the bat, Kiko, his story of meeting Gene backstage in the Cow Palace in 1977 is fascinating. Right. Fascinating. I mean, we don't hear from many people who went backstage as kids back then. We just don't. So fascinating don't, story. It doesn't happen. And and just the whole story of how the Kiss Lounge came to be, you know, as he said so many times, it was just 
his passion. It was his dream. And, you know, he made it happen. I got to admit, I, out, of, out of everything he told us, just because, I mean, I don't know what things are like in San Francisco, Mike, but I'm guessing, Tommy, that bands playing from 11 at night to 3.30 oh, in God, the morning? Yeah. No. That ain't happening Bar- here. Let Bar- me tell most, you. Most, most bars are closing 1, 2 o'clock-ish. Oh. Yeah, by far. I tell you what, when, when we play and even when I've uh, done covers gigs, you know, they want you off basically around midnight. So they got, you know, a little after that, probably 12.30. So, because the bars here in Michigan close at two, so you know they want time for the people to, you know, clean up so they don't have to leave at you know five in the morning or whatever. Exactly. So when I heard that, I'm like, oh my god, I I couldn't imagine starting starting at eleven. You know I, mean? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Mark is like, I want to be done and in bed by eleven. Oh my god! And by the way, T- Tommy just brought up a in between guy I. I played hockey quite late last night. I am I am extremely sore, which I won't get into right now. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> Tommy said after he's like, "You didn't say what?" I'm like, "I'm in so much pain right now. It's not even fucking funny." So <laughs> that's why if I seem a little dour, that's it. I'm I'm still the same old lovable little uh, fuzzball that you love, but uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm in a lot of pain right now. Chunky but funky. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, Kiko is fabulous. We, we'd been trying to get him on for a few months now, and it finally worked out. And, uh, yeah, if you're ever down around the Kiss Lounge, you must go see it. I mean, I, th- I think you will be – your jaw will drop when you see this I, place. I think the best way to describe it is really like a hard rock that's all Kiss. Exactly. Because he's got things cut into the wall and – you know, the glass display kit. You know, so I, I always wish I had that sort of, you know, time and effort to do that here. But, I, you know, I really don't. How about it a just... Kiss Lounge franchise in Detroit with your collection? Well, you know, it's funny because he was telling some of those stories. Like, because I, I have a – Gene gave me a base, too. And and I'm not trying to go tit, tit for tat or anything. But I'm just saying, you know, I, I have those same passions, those same feelings. You know what I mean? Yep. About stuff like that, so it was really nice to hear how you know he felt the way I do upon receiving something, you know, like that. Uh, a stage played again, you know, when I got mine, um, I got mine on the very first Kiss cruise, and and when they and, and Eric Singer and Spiro had a lot to do with it, but when I got it, I got to admit, man, because you know, I, I think I told the story on the show before. Yeah, I believe you did. Yeah. Yeah, but, but just really quick, when I got to my room on the very first Kiss cruise, my red light and the, the phone was blinking, and I pick it up, and, you know, it was uh, Paul who was handling the Gene Simmons. He's like, because they were supposed to give me one. Well, I was told I was getting one uh, at the Windsor show, which was over the summer, and I guess they didn't have a backup. And, and, and you know, I didn't ask for it or anything. You know what I mean? They were they just because I did some nice stuff for them, and. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, when you get something like that, because it was from the heart, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was, uh, and, and, you're, and he's right. you like, it's, it's makes it all that much special. Don't get me wrong. For, for those of, of the, who've bought guitars, but that's all really cool, too. And, and, and it's, this certainly doesn't trump that or make it, but, but it, it, it was nice, you know, especially that time, because I didn't think I was getting it, you know what I mean? Yep. And then when you do, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty special. Yep. 
Yeah. So uh, I, 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 I don't know. I just thought it was very cool to hang. It was a good hang with Kiko is what it was. Yes. I mean, yes. I, could, I, I just love his passion about Kiss, his oh, pure what a nice passion. Guy. And yep. We were running behind today, too, so a big thank you to him for being so understanding. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So how about some homework, guys? Well, I would just say, have you been there? Have you, have know, you been there, out, and yeah. what do you what do you think of the Kiss Lounge? Yeah, and how cool is that Gene Simmons T-shirt? I mean, that's that's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a collectible. Yeah, yeah. That that's yeah. one of them that it's like uh, keep it in your office, Kiko. Don't put that out for the public. Hey, don't put that one out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a true one of a kind item. Um, yeah. yeah, there's your homework. You know what to do. Facebook.com slash three sides of the coin. Head over to Instagram, YouTube, all of those places. Leave your answers. Um, and as always, we would greatly appreciate a review and rating on iTunes. And hit that little subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube so you don't miss anything. Um, that's it, guys. I think, Mark, are you out of here next week? Next week? Well, I will not be joining White Lion. What these two imbeciles are probably going to be saying next week. I'm not joining White Lion or Steel Heart. Or He's not quitting for his sides. No, I, truth be told, you know, this kind of relates to the show a little bit because last summer, the summer before last, I thought I saw Deep Purple for the very last time. And I, I remember, don't get me wrong, when I when I when I left and as you guys know, I, I love Deep Purple as much as I love Kiss. And I got to admit, I had a t- tinge of sadness when I when I when I when I walked out of that show. I'm like, I'm never going to see gas, again. huh? And I. So, you know, last spring tickets went on sale for, for this show, so I'm pretty pretty excited. Yeah, they're gonna be in town next Tuesday here at the Fox Theater. And, so the love uh, the love the, the lovely time. Lisa will be joining us, everyone. My wife. Yeah, so that's my yeah, wife. I'll here. be seeing them for the first time. What's next that? week? I'll What's be that? seeing them for the first time next week. Oh, you're gonna go see Deep Purple? Mm-hmm. You're gonna I tell you what, um I you know, it's 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 funny because it's oh, there's so many parallels with Kiss because, you know, just <laughs> if you want to split hairs, only Ian Pace is left from the original original lineup. But it's just Ian Pace, Ian Gillen, and and Roger Glover, just the three of them from the classic, you know, Smoke on the Water period. Um, but man, I, I love Steve Morris's uh, guitar playing and Don Airy. You guys would know the intro to Mr. Crowley. You know the yeah. Um, Don Airy is, uh, he also played with Rainbow and, and I'm a big, you know, he's just a, a, an incredible, he just fits in so well. And, uh, y- you know, I, I collect all those shows. They, they've been doing something recently that I wish Kiss would do. They've been releasing quite a bit of soundboard live shows and I've just been snapping them freaking things up, you know, whenever they come. So yeah, like I said, next Tuesday, going to see Deep Purple, uh, really excited about that. And, and, uh, I got great seats, man. I'm like, uh, what is that? What's that saying? You're so close, you're going to scare the band. So, it's so, so this, close, you can I, have meat thrown at your face. Yeah, yeah, that's a great story. You guys already know. So, but I'm I'm going to see uh, going to see uh, Blue Oyster Cult this Friday, and then going to see Deep Purple on Tuesday. So, I tell you what, you know what? I was thinking about that today. I'm like, here it is, 2019. We're almost to 2020, and my concert schedule looks like this. It Blue looks Oyster like the Cult, 1970s. 
and then and then kiss at the end of the month so you know it, it doesn't it, if you like that kind of stuff the way i do it, it, it it's pretty here cool. i'm 54 years old i'm getting to see you know three of my all-time favorite bands within a month so i'm pretty excited yep yep all right everybody that's it we will see you next week so you love the show Go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks. Download your free free copy of the KISS School of Marketing. 11 Lessons I Learned Working with KISS. The number one downloaded business book on Noise Trade. Go to books.noisetrade.com slash Michael Brandvold. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Love the show. Go to iTunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.